It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Future Imperfect. I'm your host, Steve Phillips, and in this episode, I'll be talking about Star Trek Discovery and the Orville. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been exactly a week since the last episode, and well, I'm kind of excited about a little bit of Star Trek Discovery, but I'm kind of not. And I'll get into that in a few minutes, but... I found myself increasingly interested in the Orville as well. And surprisingly, I and this is this is what I've, I've come to from last week. Last week I felt like for the Orville I was watching in parts um, if you were to mix like Star Trek The Next Generation with maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the beginning-ish. And then if you watch Star Trek Discovery, I feel like I'm watching almost like Star Wars mixed with Resident Evil. I know it's a really odd combination for both of those, but just kind of hang with me. What I mean by... for the Orville with the the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is it, it's got that Season 1 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. vibe uh, with the really cheap uh, when they were on the other planet, uh, more or less. However, I will say that I did enjoy the fact that they went into this almost Dyson Sphere Genesis-type planet uh, where the inhabitants knew nothing about it, and it looked almost like a little bit of a Voyager type of alien. Um, but I found that the... The, the series was really interesting with that, that particular episode and having uh, uh, aspects of the crew getting captured. And uh, overall, it was still a, a moral dilemma of right and wrong, of controlling people and whatnot. But it was, it was basically a TNG episode. Now, Discovery, having just watched this, the episode in question is Context is for Kings. And... You get your first taste of Captain Gabriel Lorca, uh, who picks up Michael Burnham and a couple other ex-cons or convicts, um, and you end up with a lot of of like space dust type stuff of where they're trying to say that they can get to different 
uh, points in the galaxy by floating, essentially. I have no idea what kind of crap they're trying to pull on this. Um, I'll wait and make further judgment on this this floating pixie dust from Disney uh, after they get a little bit further with it. But a little bit of my concern with that is they're saying that, oh, we could get from point A to point B of, of the alpha quadrant, you know, or from this point of the beta quadrant to this part of the beta quadrant or alpha quadrant or whatever. The original series was primarily focused on the beta quadrant. So, not exactly sure where they're going with this. Um, but they, they show how you can almost instantaneously get somewhere, which would be kind of transwarp technology. Uh, and again, I'm... I'm questioning how they're they're creating this this special dust, and I had a little bit of Star Trek speak, which was kind of nice with the science and the uh, you know the the physics and biology of how they're not really separate but they're the same, and kind of going down that that rabbit hole. Uh, where it got a little bit interesting was when they board this other dis- ship, the uh, USS Glenn, which was basically a duplicate of, of the Discovery floating adrifts, and there were Klingons on it in this mysterious uh, uh, kind of uh, like dog-like creature that was on there. And I thought to begin with it was going to be something like the Torgs or something from like uh, the Klingon dogs. Um, but the Klingons were massacred by this thing, and because of whatever they did in this ship, uh, parts of it were twisted and, and destroyed and... So were the humans, and and yeah, the Klingons were just ripped to shreds. And I I felt like I was watching like a weird mix between Doom, the movie, and Resident Evil mixed in on that the USS Glenn, and it was really disturbing and entirely too dark. I did not care for the graphical viewing that they played on it. I know in the original series they had some dark elements, but it wasn't, like, you don't have to show it. Like, I get it. Like, you know, things are destroyed, things are mangled, twisted, ripped apart. There's no reason to kind of go down that rabbit hole of showing it. Um, That aside, I did like how Michael Burnham kind of kicks into uh, normal gear and kind of goes back to being a Starfleet officer of... Uh, following orders and duty and kind of questioning the the ethics of all of the the crew on this mission and then you get uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Saru is now Commander Saru uh, and the first officer of the Discovery from uh, uh, Giorgio's uh, crew and you see a couple other people that were left over from the Shenzhou uh, on the Discovery and uh, Lorca insinuating that he's had his eyes damaged from a, a recent battle um and he he has to in order to keep his own eyes he has to do something with the the artificial lighting um i get a lot of this this vibe from from Lorca. like he's kind of like uh admiral marcus from star trek into darkness i i get that same vibe from the character um like he's he's uh, pining for this this battle and he's he's i have a feeling he's going to be the reason why 
the science vessel becomes a battle station uh, to create the the Klingon virus that that more or less makes them human. Uh, if they're going to go that route, I I could see this this going in that direction uh, with him at the command, uh, just because he's a really shady character, and uh, not everything is as he as it seems with him, and so. I, I was left with wanting more. At the same time, there were there were aspects of this that kind of didn't sit right with me with the, the gruesome and the dark and whatnot. Overall, it was a good episode. It's still not quite Star Trek to me yet. Uh, it's still very much like I'm watching a, a Star Wars or a J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek thrown into this. I still am not seeing the uh, what could possibly be in the, the original series universe because one supposedly the enterprise is floating about right now with captain christopher pike is at the the helm and and, uh lieutenant spock or lieutenant commander spock or or whatever on on the enterprise so i'm still waiting to see where they go with this i'm hoping that they come up with some logical explanation of why everything is the way it is and so advanced and the Klingons, unless there's like some kind of a setback because of all this technology that it maybe like spooks them. I, I, I'm not entirely sure where they're going though. Some of this technology that they, they have in this show is, is way too advanced to be the original series or the, the original timeline. And that's another thing. There's There's been multiple quotes floating around uh, as far as this new series is concerned and one of them kind of comes right out and says you know i i like how cbs decided to call std the prime timeline but only as a marketing term not to be confused with the original timeline the designers actually wanted more tos like uniforms but cbs wanted something completely original which goes to show me that it's not necessarily something that paramount's kind of pulling the strings it's it's kind of cbs and it's it's a little off-putting to me that for as as inbound in canon as they are, you know, and and that's kind of another thing. Like they there have been cast members making this claim that oh, it's the first time that a uh, there's been a a lead role in uh, the as far as the first you know black lead. Of the series, and I know that the article says first black female lead, but in the the quote, it does say that it's first black lead. Which, uh, if that's the case, they're either stating it erroneously or have no idea what they're talking about because Benjamin Cisco. Uh, and then you could also argue that Worf was kind of a uh, a good lead because he kind of turned into one later on in the series. But Ben Cisco was the first one that was actually. Uh, uh, one of our key leads, and then you know you get Tuvok in in Voyager. So I mean, it's I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of back and forth as far as differences in wording that these this new crew and this new uh, Star Trek are saying. Now I, I will say that it it almost seems like they're leveraging this this whole CBS All Access as a new um, method of of showing you know, growth and subscribership, not necessarily trying to uh, build Star Trek, but it's 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 
they're playing a numbers game. It's not even they're they're just using Star Trek because it's just the biggest property they have, uh, and the oldest property they have to to mess around with. So I'm not I'm not fond of CBS's actions in this this whole thing. I, I'm not I don't trust them. I I I I'm hoping that they can figure something out by the next season of what they're going to do but at the same time i'm not impressed with what they're doing graphically uh that's again it's i think there would be a lot less issue if they just said it was the calvin timeline or if they just made this series take place uh decades after picard and and deep space nine and voyager and then they could have still had cameos from the original actors from those shows um but at the same time they could have they would have had more leeway for playing in those actors. Plus, they'd have more leeway for messing with, with canon, because they essentially wouldn't have to rewrite anything or fit in this specific time span. They could, um, they 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 could just kind of create their own thing, and it's it it wouldn't be as big of a a canon issue. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about this recent episode that kind of aired? I. I mean, you get more of a feeling of Burnham. You get more of a feeling of some of the other characters. They introduced you to a bunch of new characters as well as some that made it over from the Shenzhou. Um, but, uh, the you know, one of the things that's kind of digging at me is what they're doing with with it in the canon, in the graphics. It's it's Those are, like, the two biggest things, aside from the Klingons. Like, that's my main issue. Um but yeah, it's. I, I mean, I guess we'll see as the the season progresses. I'm not a huge fan of the show, though. Not yet, anyway. I, I my tune may change. I'm still not a huge fan of, of Enterprise, um, but there were some good episodes in it. So I'm not denying that there may be some good episodes. This one was probably one of the better ones in a in a way. But it, it felt more like we were we were playing. It, it feels like we're we're at like you know the, the the first two episodes were like watching the cage and this one is like watching where no man has gone before so it's like almost like a second pilot for the series so so yeah there's those aspects there's you know the you know, they had the the premiere. They had apparently eight million watching on on CBS, which is not a bad draw for their eight point two million on on that first Sunday night. However, comparing it to the other Star Trek series, Enterprise brought in twelve point five million on this debut episode. And then 21.3 on Voyager, 15 on uh, TNG. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure what to think as far as the the CBS All Access. Because I, I would be curious to know who uh, kept their CBS All Access I myself, I canceled it after seeing the third episode, and 
yeah, I, I don't feel bad about it. Like, it's... I wasn't going to pay for it, so I'd, I'll just have to sign up for it under another card or something. Like, it's not... It's not a real uh, reason for me to subscribe to it. And I, I hate saying that because, like, I, I want to support Trek. Even though I'm hating on aspects of it, I don't want it to go away. And I, I'm not... Like I said, I, I'm happy that there's something, but I'm not happy that they're doing it this way. So it's 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 a double-edged sword for me, but I, I still prefer the Orville over this. I'm not going to try and jump around that aspect, um, but I, I'm at least happy there is a series. So... And they've, they've also teased it, you know, Spock's mom possibly showing up at some point. Um, they've already name-dropped her in this episode, uh, which whoopity freaking do. Like, I mean, I don't see that as, like, a big spoiler or a, a big rumor or, you know, it, it's not like it's, it's like saying, oh, Spock is going to show up this episode or Captain Pike and the Enterprise are going to show up or, oh, I don't know, Captain Kirk. Like, it, I, I I don't I mean they cast the actress uh, Mia Kirshner to play Amanda Sarek or Amanda Grayson uh, so it's not like it's a, a big thing here uh, the other thing is and I found this interesting uh, I've gotten this article from numerous people and this one's on film fact or fan film factor uh and it has to do with Star Trek Discovery versus Axanar, and it says choose your Klingon war. And you get to see, you know, your your Klingon generals, and of course, the ones in the Axanar aren't historically accurate either. I mean, they have the Klingon ridges in them, which Enterprise did too. Um, and it takes place ten years before Kirk as well. Uh, the other thing of note is that their uniforms look. Uh, like they're from Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, with the red and, and, and that kind of uh, thing. But it's, I don't know, it's more likable? I, 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 I'm going to watch the Axanar video. I think for for part of my commentary in the next episode, and then I'm going to compare what I've seen so far of Discovery to Axanar, uh, and I think it'd be kind of a fun parallel to do at the end of the season, just because we would have more of that that weight. Um, and and you know, like I said, there are some things I like. You know, Burnham talking the brig, and and it mentions that in the article. Like, I don't think it would be possible, but you know, again, to each their own. Um, but the show is just way too dark. The show is just way too dark. And it's way too like clunky with its own like it it seems like it's trying so hard to get out of its own way that it's killing itself. And that I guess that's where the Orville kind of succeeds at it is because it's not it's trying to be Star Trek without trying to be Star Trek, but it's not um it doesn't feel so weighted, which I'm, again, liking because I, I'm not, 
there's so much stuff that's downer in the world. I don't really want to watch it in my shows. Like if that makes any sense. Like I, I want to have fun while I'm watching and not sit here and, and I don't really want to be terrified while I'm watching something. I don't really want to watch something that's gory or, uh, the, there was like one episode, maybe two of, of TNG that I, I felt was, was on level with this as far as gore. And one of them was Genesis. And the other one was, uh, the conspiracy and that was with you know the the crew turning into aliens on on uh regenerating back to a previous life form in genesis and then in the conspiracy there was the little creature that went in the back of the neck and it was kind of dark so i mean and i didn't care for either one of those episodes either so this is kind of for me along the same boats um, but you know, I almost wonder if the show would have been better had they not redone how the Klingons looked, or redesigned their ships, or redid the the Starfleet uniforms, or if they dated it and made it look like it fit closer in this timeline of the original series than it actually is. Would it be better? Like, would it be better than what? Axanar is portraying would it be better than what we're getting now I'm not saying they have to go like all completely low tech uh, like the original series there could be an exception you know a a hidden starship and my prediction for the end of the season two is if Burnham's not giving birth to a cross Klingon that's why they have the the non-ridges or they're you know somehow they inject her blood or or you know, somehow they, they inject a virus into the Klingons at this point. Um, I'm I'm almost certain you're going to see almost every one of these crew members die before the end of the season. Um, and if they get a second season, you might see some of them survive so they can tell a, a second season with these characters. Uh, but I, I foresee a lot of these characters kind of going by the wayside and in going away and then starting over from fresh uh, characters every season. Just because there's been no mention of Saru's race in any of Trek. There's no mention of, you know, the Discovery or a lot of the ships that are being featured in the war, which, you know, they can, it would be kind of a footnote in the future. So, I mean, they, they wouldn't necessarily reference the ships themselves, but you would think there would be some captains that were brought up uh, as being nefarious or um, as being, you know, these these figureheads of Starfleet, kind of like Captain Kirk. So uh, uh, they're, they're kind of playing around with fire here, and I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, I, I'm kind of... I, I, I kind of agree with these people on fanfilmfactor.com in that... I, I don't see Star Trek as being canon or Discovery as being canon. I see this being an alternate universe, an alternate timeline of the events going on. If it's not in the J.J. The Abrams Kelvin universe, uh, it's it's another entirely different universe. There's, there's just way too much stuff in here that's that doesn't jive right. Um I know that CBS claims that Discovery is canon. It's it's not. Looking at the Shenzhou or the the Discovery, they don't 
they don't even look anything remotely close to uh, the Constitution class starship. They look like they're from, you know, the Sovereign class, you know, Excelsior, Nacelles, all these ships arriving, like, instantaneously. It's just... It, none of them even have anything that's remotely close to the Constitution class. Like, it, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, if they're going to do it, at least give it the look of the Kelvin Universe stuff, like for the Enterprise and whatnot. Or if they're going to have all these random ships that look like they're way more advanced, at least go that route with the smooth aesthetics of the ships like they did in the Kelvin Universe. I see this as some kind of pocket universe even the even the D seven battle cruisers that uh, are, are totally different in the the cloaking device and it, which was non existent for Klingons at this age like it since the Romulans invented it I I don't know there's so much stuff in this that it just it rubs me wrong I I'm not I'm not a fan of this uh, aesthetic. I I don't know. What do you guys think? This is this is. I know I'm like crapping on on the fans of Discovery, and I'm not trying to. I I'm kind of a quasi fan of it. I, I like it for what it is. Um. But I don't like the the series as a whole of its uh, what they're doing with with this. If that makes any sense, like I I don't like their their look I don't like you know my blue Klingons I Takuvma looks like a dork to put it lightly you know he's and he's dead so like what you know who cares like it's he was such a throwaway character and they're like oh he's the new messiah okay yeah whatever he just magically rallies this whole fleet in like 30 seconds it's this isn't my track this isn't you know what I'm going to be paying attention to primarily, but I, I will see the rest of the season and, and kind of see how it plays out. But I'm not, I'm not gonna act like this is a part of regular canon unless they can prove otherwise by the end of the season. Like it's not, it doesn't fit. There's there's too many puzzle pieces that are that are shooting off in the wrong direction for me to believe this fits. And so, for that reason, I, I'm kind of arguing as well that it's it's an alternate timeline. Which I'm fine with if they would just label it that. Uh, if they want to revisit the original series era and they, they want to have it fit in another timeline, great. Do it. If they want it to be the Kelvin timeline, great. Do it. But don't sit there. You know, it, it almost looks like the USS Vengeance of... The Discovery looks like a cross... If you mix that in the Shenzhou and the Excelsior, you get the USS Vengeance from Into Darkness, which was a travesty. But that on it on its own, I, I don't see this fitting in regular original series canon at all. So, what do you guys think? Go ahead and sound off in this comment section. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and uh hopefully soon i get uh uh captain dodd back in the the center chair to uh return to the podcast in the meantime admiral phillips uh signing off
Warp Factor 8.